Welcome to episode 5 of The Pocket. This week we will be giving our Super Bowl predictions, the return of Zion, and give you a little bit of an NCAA basketball update. It is Madison, it's Parker, and this is The Pocket. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Madison? Um, doing pretty good. First week of school down. Hanging in there. Oh, yeah. For the million more weeks of school we have until summer. There's 104 days. That's probably copyrighted. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we've got uh, some uh, big sports stuff happen. Um, not really. We're just going to talk about some stuff and get into it, but before we get into the sporty bits, let's start with off-topic takes. Why don't you start, Madison? Alright, my off-topic take for today is that milk is the worst drink ever. This is ex- Babies are excluded from this narrative. Babies don't count because babies literally have to have milk to live. I get that. But adult people and like teenagers who drink milk on a regular basis are weird. Especially people who prefer to drink milk, like, with their meals. I makes me gag. I don't understand it. I don't know why you would do that. It's literally disgusting. I understand, like, if you're eating Oreos and you want a glass of milk. Like, I kind of get it. But even then, I'm, like, iffy about it. I just think milk is gross, unless you're a child. Wow, that's pretty hot. I used, fun fact, I used to drink milk like all the time up until i was like i don't know in eighth grade and then i like just stopped and now i think i just drank it too much because like now the thought of like just drinking of glass of milk like disgusts me well good because it is disgusting yeah i i can agree but you know what's not disgusting seafood seafood is the best i don't know what you would call it genre of food i don't know it's the best type of food well here's why first off there is a seafood for anybody if you don't like at least like shrimp you're one of the pickiest people in the world like i'm not saying that i'm the most open eater in the world i'm by no means the pickiest eater out of the people i know but i love seafood so much i feel like the great thing about seafood is that all different types of seafood all taste different like shrimp doesn't taste like salmon you know oysters don't taste like i don't know scallops or something like that you know crab doesn't taste like crawfish like it's all different because like you know when you're eating stuff like chicken pork and beef like that's just the normal meats like they all have subtle differences but like in between the different types of, like, you know, beef cuts or whatever. There's not, like, too much difference, honestly. Except for, like, just how you cook it, how long you cook it, and what you cook it with. But, like, with seafood, there's so many ways you can cook it. And seafood can be one of the healthiest types of foods for you. As a Cajun, I can agree with that. Also, Parker got his love of seafood from me. No, investing in him and showing him the ways of true seafood. 
Um, that's kind of true. I would have never tried oysters if I wasn't, you know, if or I had known you for sure. Bull crawfish. I would have eaten bull crawfish. I've mm. had I've had like crawfish tails before that. I just hadn't like done not, the whole. Not the same. Not the same. Yeah. I would have still had some, you know, it's whatever, but like, I don't know, yeah, no, that's the big thing you get credit for is oysters. Well, to get off the topic of food before I have to take a snack break, let's get into the Super Bowl. But before we get into the actual Super Bowl, let's talk about the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship and just how those four teams got to where they are. Yeah, alright, which which game do you want to cover first? Let's, we're going to go ahead and start with the Titans because that's who we wanted to win and things of that nature. So the Titans started their season two and four. And so no one ever thought that they were ever going to make it this far. And they switched their quarterbacks around the time that they were two and four and Ryan Tannehill came in. And since then, they were able to end the season 11 and eight after losing to the Chiefs this past weekend. But Besides the disappointing loss that happened, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are a force to be reckoned with. I think we've mentioned this quite a number of times over the past couple of episodes, but, I mean, facts are facts. They're a power couple. Overall, all season, Tannehill and Henry have done good. Tannehill threw for 70% completions this season. He threw for 2,742 yards and 22 touchdowns. And then along to go with that, Derrick Henry rushed for 1,540 yards with 16 touchdowns. Real, real impressive stats for, I mean, what I guess some people would have considered before the uh, before this point in the season to be kind of just like a mediocre team. I don't know. I mean, I nobody ever thinks too, too much about the Titans normally and then you know, past couple of games, they really, really jumped into the spotlight. I think everybody has really just been keeping their eyes on the Titans here in these uh, post-normal season games here. I agree, and I think that they put up a hell of a fight for the Chiefs, and considering how good the Chiefs are, the Chiefs were able to stop Derrick Henry, and that was where the Titans game ended, and just going into that, it, we saw where the Titans need to straighten up when it comes to next season and what they can do better, and that's on defense. And today, their defensive coordinator retired, which he was way up there in age. He had been a coordinator for the Ravens and I think the Patriots as well as the Titans. So he was up there in his time to retire. So now it's time that they can totally bring in new coaches and a new defense and really build up that side. But Along to go with that, Derrick Henry and Tannehill are up for free agency after this. So it is imperative for them to bring those two back when it comes to signing season. Yes, because honestly, I think obviously we saw them do very well this season and uh, especially here in the postseason. So, I mean, honestly, if the Titans can hang on to the onto their two uh, star players right now. Um, they probably have another decent shot at the Super Bowl next year. I think that's going to be the smartest investment for the Titans, in my opinion. So, I think they need to make sure they get those two back and then 
build up their defense, like I said. And then they need to figure out a player they can add to the scheme in order to make a passing game for Tannehill. Because Tannehill, he's good when he can pass. But half the time they're handing it to Derrick Henry because he's an all-star. So Amari Cooper technically is up for free agency from Dallas. I think Dallas is going to reel him back in and sign him again. But that's the kind of person that they need at wide receiver. Someone like Amari Cooper. And I don't really know if there's any wide receivers that are up to that level that are going to be free agents in there. But I think they should just look into the draft, do a little betting, get around there, and see who they can pull out. Yeah, I agree there. But, uh, I mean, I was pretty upset. Uh, I'm sure a lot of y'all wanted to see the picture of me with my new titans gear unfortunately that's not happening boys y'all were close y'all were close but yeah didn't seem like the titans could clinch it out there in the uh in the end but uh you know i as madison was saying it's not too too surprising that they lost the chiefs are a pretty good team but uh i think what was the more surprising game was the Packers and the 49ers because the Packers got clobbered like I I was kind of shocked you know the Packers are a pretty decent team especially you know they have to be a pretty decent team in order for them to make it this far and they just they just crapped their pants on the field they were running around like chickens with their heads cut off Especially at the beginning, it seemed like they pulled it together in the second half a little bit, but I was kind of shocked at the beginning. Yeah, I agree. Aaron Rodgers is one of my top three quarterbacks that's currently in the league right now, honestly, but the issue is is that he doesn't have anyone on the team to compliment him. And they've got Devontae Adam out there that definitely helps, and that's the reason that Green Bay is able to score, but in general, they really just don't have anyone that he can make those long passes to and things of that nature. And then just to go along with that, their defense is struggling too with just stopping the run. They added a lot of pass rushers this season, which helped them tremendously and got them to where they are. But it's just not enough when you're playing high-caliber teams like the 49ers and the Chiefs. And I just think that they're in the same situation as the Titans, which you never think that you would hear that the Packers are like the Titans, but they really just have key areas that they need to build up because they, what they have is really good and it's working for them, but it's just not at the caliber where they're ever going to be able to win unless they can add in those key elements to keep it running as a whole. Yeah, they're definitely more of a normal season superstar, but you know, if they want they want to try to push it again, you know, and really go for another Super Bowl title, which, I mean, what's the point of the NFL to other than try to get a Super Bowl title, you know? Like, if they if they want to get a Super Bowl title in the future, that's what they're going to have to do is just really build up and give uh, Aaron Rodgers somebody to really play with, honestly. But, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, a pretty crazy game big win for the 49ers at home so now super the uh super bowl for 2020 2020 will be uh the 49ers versus the chiefs uh and madison and i were talking about this last night uh little little problem we have with this game is we're talking about red on white versus red on white 
it's going to be real confusing to watch for a, uh, especially a non-NFL fan. It's going to be a little difficult to tell them apart, but uh, should be an interesting game. Yeah, I agree about the uniform situation. I'm hoping that the 49ers have their gold helmets, so at least that gives us the differentiation there. But let's move into the 49ers and the Chiefs and just how they stack up against each other. My personal opinion is that the 49ers have it hard. Right now, the Chiefs are an early favorite by one and a half points. So, not by much. But when you look at the players, the 49ers have their running back, Mostert. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm really sorry. But everyone knows who I'm talking about. Their key running back. He was brought in after some injuries, and his biggest thing is that he has his speed and his burst. He just comes out of nowhere and, like, runs it all the way. But to go off of that, their offense is completely loaded between their quarterback and then Kittle at tight end and Samuel at wide receiver. It's just like they it's just like they have all of those pieces. And then you look on their defense, and they've got Richard Sherman and Nick Bosa. And I think that their team is just absolutely stacked. And I don't understand, after watching how they absolutely clobbered Green Bay versus the Chiefs almost barely beating the Titans, how you could say that the Chiefs are going to win. I just think that it is absolutely no competition when you look at the 49ers and how stacked their team is right now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, not the biggest stats guy over here. Y'all, y'all been knowing that. And, uh, you know, besides a handful of teams and my team, the Saints, you know, don't really watch the most NFL. But, you know, obviously, you know, I watched the two championship games. And uh, if you just take from somebody like mine's perspective and you sat down and you watched both of those games and you watched the Titans put up a hell of a fight against the Chiefs and you watched the 49ers blow the Packers out of the water. Um, you know, in my mind, you know, I'm saying, look at the win margins. I really think that the 49ers are going to pull this one out and uh, be the uh, next people to hold a uh, Super Bowl title. Yeah, I agree. Just continuing on the Chiefs, their defense, I feel like, is what is going to end up being the downfall here because back in the regular season, their defense was number 25, and that's just not a Super Bowl-caliber team. And then you have their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomie, if you will. (laughs) He's great, and everyone loves him. He's in the State Farm commercials. He's super adorable. We love that. But he is also their leading rusher. Like, he has as many rushing yards as their running back should have. And that's just not... That's a quarterback who's a dual threat. And I understand that that's good. But they shouldn't be as good as your actual running backs. That's just not how it works. And then, continuing on, you know, they have Honey Badger from LSU. And they have Hill. And they're favorited. But I just really don't see it happening. And, personally, I'm picking the 49ers here. And I'm going to say it's going to be a solid... 35-21 Thirty-five to twenty-one game. Uh, I also say 49ers here. I'm thinking it's going to be at least a five-point lead. I I really just don't see the Chiefs winning this one. But uh, you know, this 
is going to be an interesting Super Bowl, not only because of the caliber and who these teams are that are in it, but uh, it's great to not see the Patriots in a Super Bowl for once. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like it's them every year. It's kind of interesting to watch uh, two different insanely qualified teams to go head-to-head instead of it being the Patriots versus somebody. I agree, and just continuing on the Patriots, I know one thing that we were asked to talk about was where Tom Brady and Drew Brees are going to go because after this season, they both enter free agency, technically. Personally, I don't think that either of them would go to another team. I do think that it's possible that both of them or one of them would retire. If Drew Brees or Tom Brady came out tomorrow and said, I'm done, I'm retiring, I would completely understand that and respect that from both of them. I, I'm i kind of 50-50 on whether or not they would retire, but I definitely do not see Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, and I 100% do not see Drew Brees leaving the Saints. Yeah, Tom Brady has really built something kind of special with the Patriots. I mean, you know, love him or hate him, he's got, he, he really is just the leader of a really good football team. And just how much he's been working with the Patriots for how long, you know, it. I really just don't see him being able to work that type of magic with any other football team. And also, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Drew Brees is kind of like in too deep with the uh, the whole Louisiana thing. I mean, you know, he's got his walk-ons thing. So I I could see him retiring and <laughs> you know trying to put more franchises out there. But you know, Drew Brees is really the uh, Louisiana man, you know, I really don't see him, especially with just the connection to not only the team, but also just the community and the fans, just don't see them leaving. Mm-hmm. And as far as retirement goes, I think that both of them are in the mindset where they are both equally so close to another Super Bowl win. And then you have Tom Brady on one side, who's had so many Super Bowl wins, and I think that he's one of those people who just wants to end it on a win. And, you know, they were in the playoffs this year. They were really close. They got blindsided by the Titans. So I think that in Tom Brady's mind, he would be like, one more year, we can hold it out, I'll win the Super Bowl, and then I can retire. And I think Drew Brees is in the same mindset, where they've been so close two years in a row. And they just need that final piece to keep going and get that final title for Drew. I think that if Drew would have won two years ago or even this year, he would have retired. But I think he's waiting out until he can either the Saints either fall drastically and don't make it into the playoffs or until he wins a Super Bowl. And I think it's more likely for them to win a Super Bowl. I really think that we could see these two quarterbacks go head-to-head in the next couple of years in the battle for retirement. But, you know, um, yeah, with the free agent talk, no way either of those guys are leaving their teams. I just don't see it happening. I agree. And just while we're on the topic of New Orleans, we'll transition into Zion Williamson and his return coming this Wednesday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this as the podcast comes out. Yes, so uh, he is a player for the Pelicans in New Orleans, and the Pelicans are typically not regarded as 
the greatest NBA team. Honestly, you know, when you think of uh, New Orleans and Louisiana, what do you think of? Do you think of football? Don't really think of the Pelicans. But Zion, he is insane. Like, this was an, an exceptional player, and any team would have been lucky to get him. So... I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen, so I know my TV will be on this Wednesday. Yeah, you can tell Parker isn't from New Orleans and doesn't know the true hype behind basketball down there because it's not as out there, I guess, as the Saints, and they're not as Louisiana crazy about them as they are about the Saints and LSU, but they are so hyped for basketball. And even though the Pelicans don't do good, they still love it. Uh, Zion Williamson, when he entered the draft, he it was said that he was the most hyped player since LeBron James. And I completely agree with it. The hype behind him was insane. I really think that's not an opinion. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. Exactly. And then he got drafted to the Pelicans, and Louisiana was insanely excited because for once they were going to finally have a good basketball team. And you had people walking around in Pelicans jerseys during football season. And that doesn't happen. It really doesn't. Louisiana, they love basketball, and they love their Pelicans and stuff, but they there's a time for it. There's a time for LSU, there's a time for the Saints, and then there's a time for the Pelicans, and then in between there, there's Mardi Gras. There's, like, no differentiation. You have your stages of life down there. Those are the stages. You mean stages of party. Exactly. <laughs> and so, Zion, he had a great preseason. Everyone was so excited. And then, ultimately, he had to have knee surgery. And from what I know about it, there wasn't any particular thing that happened. It was a bunch of little things over time. We don't really know if it happened when he was at Duke or if it happened when he was in this preseason with the Pelicans. All that we really know is that it slowed the pain, slowly started coming on. It slowly started getting worse. And, you know, he's so young. So they figured that the best way to go about it was to go ahead and get surgery out of the way while they could while he's young and he can bounce back faster rather than go ahead putting him in the regular season, taking him out, and putting him back in. They wanted to save up that time. And Zion's been ready for at least since December now, as far as I know. And they've just been waiting for the right moment to actually put him in. Because the Pelicans have been down so far 16-27. to That's their score right now. Yikes. So, Zion finally makes his NBA debut this Wednesday versus the Spurs. And I know that all of New Orleans is so excited to see what this kid can do. I think everyone is so excited to finally see him. He was so hyped up, and everyone was so excited. And then, like, four weeks before the start, they took him out. Yeah, I mean, you hate to see it, but at the same time, we all know any able body in New Orleans is going to be in their favorite bar, huddled around a TV with a ice-cold drink, ready to watch this game go on. Because, uh, I mean, if the Pelicans can make a, you know, a good comeback with Zion making his comeback, Louisiana is going to have another reason to party besides the championships. Exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't really know what's going to happen. Because, like I said, you know, we haven't actually seen him play an NBA game. And a few years ago, you had Ben Simmons. He came out of LSU as the number one pick, and he crashed and burned in the NBA. No one talks about Ben Simmons anymore because he's not good. 
He was fantastic when he was playing college. And then it was like a light switch. He was just really bad. So everyone, I feel like, is just hoping and praying that that same thing doesn't happen with Zion. Yeah, and then... But one thing I will have to say is, you know, everybody's focus, of course, is on Zion. But the key thing is that has, you know, his surgery prevented him from being able to coordinate with his team. Because it's not one player on any sport, you know, team-based sport that does all of the work. You know, Tom Brady's a great football player, but, you know, he needs his O-line, he needs his receivers, he needs everybody on that team to make the Patriots good, right? He's just a key player. If Zion and the rest of the Pelicans just can't gel together, then it could be a disaster for the Pelicans. But, I mean, I think he's going to perform pretty well, so, uh, you know, I guess... Nobody really knows what's going to happen. There's I get no way to really predict how this is going to go because we haven't seen a Pelicans game with Zion in it yet in the normal season. So only time's going to be able to tell, and I guess we'll be uh, updating you uh, on the next episode of The Pocket. But, uh, you know, now that we're on this basketball train, uh, we'll probably finish up this episode here with a uh, kind of an NCAA basketball update. Just kind of talk about what's going on right now. Yeah, we're about midway through the season, almost to March Madness here. And this past week has been crazy. We've seen a, basically a whole new top five after the losses this week. Yep, and uh, I've probably had about two heart attacks in the past two weeks, so you know. I'm doing great, just in case if anybody was wondering. So, we'll go ahead and address Parker's heart attacks. Auburn's lost their past two games, and they lost Alabama, and then they lost to Florida, and these are their only two losses, their first losses, and neither of these teams were ranked, so it was really a shock, even though Bruce Pearl told media that he was like, we're going to lose to Alabama, and no one believed him. Everyone thought that he was just, you know, being proactive, going ahead and being like, oh, they're a really good team. We got to watch out for them. Just one of those coach things that coaches say. But, nope, turns out Brucey Boy was correct. Unfortunately, uh, Auburn was looking at winning another sports Iron Bowl for uh, the academic year. Obviously, we had just won uh, gymnastics a handful of weeks back, and or I guess just a week ago now. And then, you know, we won the the big Iron Bowl and uh, traveled down to Bammer to go play some basketball. And uh, it blew up in their face. And then we went, uh, the boys went and traveled down to the swamp and they lost again. It's It's just been baffling to watch. And this season has just kind of been interesting to watch too because up until the loss against Bama, Auburn was undefeated, but at the same time, just about every game going into the half, they had been down at some point. I'm pretty sure this season Auburn has not started a game up. It's it's kind of just been really weird to watch. I think it's because a lot of players left last year. We've got some new people who have come in, you know, obviously we've got a really good freshman, Okoro, and, you know, some people on the, who were on the team last season who are getting a little bit more playing time. I think the team 
just hasn't gelled like they did last year. And I think it's going to take the rest of this season. And then we need to just wait till next season to uh, see that good old Auburn basketball team make a comeback. But uh, I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah, and then going off of Auburn's loss, Duke and Butler, they were in the top five. They also fell this week. Insane. It's been crazy. The only people who have remained in the top five are Baylor and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga was number one, and Baylor was number two, and now those have switched. So now Baylor's number one, Gonzaga's number two. Kansas has bumped their way into the number three spot. San Diego State has bumped their way up to number four, and they're still undefeated. They're the only ones that are undefeated, sitting at number four. And then we have Florida State, who was pulled up to number five, and they've been undefeated since December. Yes. So, uh, we've got... Basketball is really crazy, because losses can happen really fast, and seeds change around real quick. So, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to March. Because we've got some teams that are shifting around up in the top. So I really don't know what's going to happen for uh, March Madness and how far some teams are going to be able to go with, uh, you know, a handful of weeks ago we talked about the uh, curse of the number one spot where a bunch of people who've held the number one seed in the NCAA have been just losing it to games they shouldn't have lost. So, you know, this season has been real whack with these top seats just falling tremendously. So, who knows? I mean, Bama could end up in the Final Four or something like that. Like, we just don't know at this point. Exactly. And that's the best thing about basketball, especially college basketball. Like, I was looking ahead through all of the games that are going to be played this week, and I was just looking for the rankings beside all the games, and I was like, oh, there's not that many big games this week because there's no two ranked teams that play each other. And then I sat back to think about it, and I was like, well, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to basketball because anybody could lose to anybody at any given point, and that's what makes it so fun. So, you know, it's one of those things that it's really hard to keep up with all the top 25 teams. It's not like football. It's a lot harder to keep up with everything, and so it's harder to give those updates going past the top five, but I can assure you that we have something special planned when it comes down to March Madness, and closer to that time, we'll really be getting into basketball more. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I do kind of like basketball because I feel like football can get a little bit too predictable, which obviously, you know, we've seen over this season, both NFL and college, you know, there's a couple of teams that, uh, you know, really become diamonds in the rough in a season, and, uh, But with basketball, just crazy stuff happens all the time. Like, I feel like seeds don't really mean as much as they do seats for football. But, you know, guess we just got to wait for March. We're about two months out. Two months of basketball until we get into one of the most, you know, watched and loved sports tournaments in America. So, only time will will tell about... uh, what's going to happen with the NCAA basketball. Exactly. Well, I think that just about wraps up our episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Pocket Sports and DM us any of your off-topic takes you'd like us to mention or if you have any sports stuff you'd like us to talk about or if you just want to get your opinion out into the world, DM us and let us know. Yes, the uh, fan interaction on especially Instagram with people messaging us and responding to polls 
it's been great. We love hearing from y'all. And, uh, you know, if you want your opinion or your question mentioned on the pod, always feel free to send us a DM. And that about wraps us up. So, see y'all next week. Bye.